Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's great to have all of you here today. I have a lot of friends from out of town that didn't know we're coming till the last moment. It's great to have a whole bunch of you guys that I haven't seen in a while. Love you. And uh, it's good to have you in our house. I hope you love our new home. Uh, We do. And uh, we're excited about it. All right, I want to jump right into the Word. Let me just say real quick, first of all, uh, next week I had invited uh, Pastor Jimmy and Jessica Hughes. They were going to be here, and I had invited them to bring the Word. But as you know, they got hit, hammered a second time uh, with this second hurricane. And uh, Jimmy sent me the video. The international airport literally was three feet underwater, and uh, the, the actual the actual terminal had water just rushing through it. And uh, so they're, they're not thinking that the water's going to secede until um, subside. Uh, I think that's the right word. Is that the right word? Thank you. Uh, until the middle of December. And so, you know, there's, n- there's not a lot of things you can do to, to help people that just have floods. When trees are down, you can cut them down and get them off the houses. But uh, right now, they just covet your prayers. The money we sent, they're still going and helping as many people as they can. And uh, so I appreciate that. I also had invited, uh, as a follow-up, L. Clark to preach uh, next week. But he's going to be out of town. So uh, you're going to be stuck with me. I'm going to have to preach next week. <laughs> fourth week in a row. And uh, after that, Elle's going to preach. I don't care what, if I have to go send the rescue squad to bring him home. So uh, first week of December, and it's going to be good. All right. I titled this Imagination That Shapes Your Life. Look at this. This is just, to me, the coolest well, my picture is actually better uh, on, on my screen. I wish you could see mine because it just shows the tip of that uh, mountain and uh, the rest of it is uh, hidden, and uh, sometimes it takes our imagination uh, to see uh, at times what's not present and at times what we can't see in the natural, but it's still there. Can you say amen to that? So the word of the Lord uh, for us today, uh, I believe, is significant. Uh, I'm, I, the, the team was asking me before service how long it was going to go, and I said, uh, I started to say not very long, but Tad started laughing out loud at me. And uh, uh, so I, I said, until I'm finished, and amen, is that okay? Uh, but uh, I want to preach through Hebrews 11 today. I've spent all week there, and then I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to go home and this week spend the whole week in whatever other scriptures you're doing about Thanksgiving and gratitude and all of that, but meditating on Hebrews chapter 11. And, you know, because you've read it so many times, if you're not careful, you just think, well, oh, yeah, I, I got that. But then when you pause and shut up, come on, somebody, get quiet before the Lord and read one scripture and say, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say in my life in this word? Wow. You better get ready because he's speaking. And there's words that are going to encourage you all the way to the core of your being when, when we quiet ourselves to hear what Holy Spirit is wanting to say to us. This whole thing, imagination, matter of fact, I told the team a while ago, uh, we're going we're gonna to just carry this right through Christmas. I'm thinking, man, there's not a better word for Christmas than imagination. 
I mean, how many of you have actually seen Jesus with your eyes? Any, anybody? How about God? You've seen God. He came down just to you and revealed himself. But how many of you can imagine Christ? Now, I have to be honest. I can't imagine God because that's just too big for, for my peon brain. But I, I can imagine Jesus. Of course, the movie The Chosen has helped a little bit. How many of you have not yet seen The Chosen? Let me see your hand. What is wrong with you people? I'm serious. It's, it's almost Christmas time. It'll be a great time. You get to go back and watch the whole first season because they're about to come out with season two. And if you want to imagine Jesus in a way that you have never imagined him before, just watch that movie. Suzanne and I have watched the whole series three times, cried every episode of every series. I mean, it's just been crazy. Because I, I saw Jesus in a way that I'd never seen him before. And I think that's what Hebrews 11 is all about. So first of all, uh, the way you listen to this, this is a quote. I have no idea where it came from. I found it and it had nobody's name to it. I should just take it for myself. But I'm, I'm, I'm declaring I, I got this from somebody. The way you think is going to affect the way you feel. And the way you feel is going to affect the way you act. So if you want to change the way you act, you need to change the way you think. You got to change your thinking. For as a man thinks, Proverbs 23 verse 7 in the King James Version says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I believe it's God's way of telling us that he works in our lives through our thoughts, our minds, and our imaginations. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. I'm going to read one verse in the Amplified Version, and then the rest of the chapter I'll be reading out of the ESV. Now, faith is the assurance or the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, which are, listen to this, divinely guaranteed. How many of you like a good guarantee? How many of you bought something? If you buy something anymore, they, they want to sell you a warranty right away. I'm like, is this product so bad that before I get out of the store, you want to sell me a warranty for it? I mean, that, that's pretty bad. I, I, if your refrigerator breaks down, you might as well just buy a new one because it's going to cost you more to get somebody out there to look at it. And it'd be like me trying to stop on the side of the road and help somebody, you know, some dear little lady broken down. And uh, I've actually done it twice in my life. And I pulled over, got out, and I said, ma'am, you, you, you having problems? Yeah, uh, my car won't start. I said, well, pop the engine. I mean, pop the hood. So she pops the hood. I get around there and look at it and say, yeah, that is an engine. I, I am pretty certain. That's an engine. Now, I have AAA, and I, I don't mind using it for you. Let me, let me call somebody. She said, well, you can't help me. I said, no, ma'am, you don't want me to help you. <laughs> the only thing I know about, I mean, when I was flying planes, most people that fly planes understand the mechanics of it. Not me. I kicked the wheels, got in, pushed the, pushed the start button, and, and took off. And, and uh, you know, we, I was flying. It was my fourth flight as I was learning how to fly. And my instructor pilot, he was a young guy, a smart aleck, and uh, he was sitting over there. And we were uh, uh, about 50 miles north of Panama City. 
And uh, we were flying along about 3,000 feet. Man, everything was humming and purring just like you like it to. And I'm just having a good time. And I'm learning to turn and, and, and up and down and do all the things you're supposed to do as you're learning to fly. And, and uh, all of a sudden, man, there was a splutter. And man, I freaked out. I was like, I grabbed hold of the yoke and I looked at him. He said, don't look at me. You got an emergency. What are you going to do? <laughs> so... You know, I started going through my mind, all the things you're supposed to do. I started going through all the instruments and I'm looking for a field to land. And, and, uh, and so, man, the engine finally just stops and we're just coasting. And I'm looking for a place to, to land. And I, I say, well, I think that field down there looks good. And he said, looks good to me. And so, man, well, I'm just coasting in. Got to make sure I'm not too high, not too low. And, and uh, we're, we're coming in. And right before I get down, all of a sudden he reaches down and flips the gas back on. <laughs> well, I've been just enjoying the flight. He had stuck his hand down there and turned the, the, the gas off. And man, he, he turned that thing on and man, it cranked. And, and I pushed the throttle and that engine came back on and we went back up and I looked at him and thought, I'd like to kill you. <laughs> I didn't start flying to have emergencies. I, fl I started flying to have fun, you know, but uh, man, sometimes we need, to, we need a guarantee and you're not going to ever find a greater guarantee than the guarantee that comes through the word of God. Divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Man, that's powerful. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, listen, this scripture is not just for us to say amen in church. It's literally for us to have the foundation to walk our lives Monday through Saturday in a real world, going through real battles, and we have real faith to overcome. Amen? So faith is a way of seeing, and God gave us two ways in which we can see. You see through the physical eyes. Some of you see better than some of the rest of us. Some of us wear glasses so we can see better. And some of you just are so proud of the fact, just like I used to be till I turned 40, how proud I was that I had 2014 vision. Man, I could see. I could see up close. I could read right here. I could see in the distance. And then one day I turned 40 and I open up my Bible to read. And right here, if I take my glasses off, there's nothing there but paper. Some white, some black. I got that. But then when I put this on, wow, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We, we can see with our physical eyes, but hear me, don't limit yourself to only what you can see physically. Say amen to that. Don't limit yourself to only what you can see physically. Why? Because you can also see through your imagination. And I told us last week, the first uh, um, person that ever saw with the imagination was God Almighty. God saw before there was. I don't know how many of you got to see the launch last Sunday night. The launch of the spaceship that went to... Uh, orbit in the, with the space station. Anybody? It was, it was pretty awesome. Well, we didn't actually get to see it because we were here counting your seed offering. And uh, Nathan kept uh, being on his phone. I was about to rebuke him uh, in front of everybody. And then he said, can I go outside real quick? And I said, what's wrong? Is there a fire or something? Shouldn't we go with you? And he said, well, there's a fire in the sky. So we ran out. We didn't get to see it. But Sunday afternoon, I wanted to see it. So I recorded it. 
So when I got home, I started watching, and uh, when I flipped on my DVR, it was like two hours before the actual launch, and I got addicted to watching just the whole process. And they were interviewing these four amazing astronauts in which one of them is a spirit-filled believer, and he has his Bible, and he took his communion into space. Matter of fact, he made a statement right before they took off that it was God and his faith in God that was going to enable him and sustain him in the six months. He was going to be orbiting the earth round and around and around, and that he would have the word of God, and he would be taking communion. Man, what a testimony. But, but listen, I started listening to each one of these. There was a lady, there was, man, they were politically correct. They had a white female, they had a black uh, uh, pilot that would be piloting the ship. They had a Japanese, an Asian, and they had this white guy. And uh, so, so they pretty much had everything. And uh, well, the Latins weren't represented, but we'll try to get one up next time. But, but uh, I, I was watching as each one of them And they were showing pictures of each of these astronauts when they were kids. And one of them was a kid when the first shuttle took off. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I'm getting old because I was in the Air Force watching that shuttle take off uh, from Tyndall Air Force Base. And and, and this this person that's now orbiting the earth was just a kid. But you know what every one of them said? They said something transpired in their lives as children that had to do with space that caused them to begin to dream that one day I'm going to walk on that moon or one day I'm going to orbit the earth. And here they were, the four of them walking out, getting into this highly technological aircraft where as they took off, It was so cool because you you get to see the video inside of the spaceship. And you know what they're doing? (laughs) They're just taking a ride. 24 and a half, 25, 27 hours, whatever it was. The the lady was just sitting there with her hands crossed because she had nothing to do on that whole flight except fly. And and it was so amazing to watch these people. their, Their adrenaline was pumping. They were excited. And yet their blood pressure was normal. How many of you, your blood pressure wouldn't have been normal? You've been sitting there getting ready to have that rocket jack up your south side and take you to the north side. I mean, my gosh, they, they'd have had to be giving me, you know, some kind of something to calm down. But, but, but they're so trained, so excited. Why? Because they had already seen the, the black, the black um, astronaut that's the Christian. He, he's, it was his first flight into space. And man, as I listened to his story and his testimony, it just touched my heart. Man, he talked about imagining and dreaming and seeing. And now he was about to experience what he had seen as a child. The power. Matter of fact, that's the title of my message next Sunday, The Power of Imagination. But the power to imagine, to see what is not yet present, to see it and to experience it. Hebrews chapter 11, I want to jump in here, follow along with me as I just kind of try to fly through some of this. I'll have some comments along the way. I know that surprises you, but uh, I will. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen, look at this, was not made out of things 
that are visible. They were not visible, and yet God saw it. God separated the water from the dry land. God spoke and said, trees happen, mountains climb, birds fly, deer run. Man, he spoke all these things that he had seen. And he saved the best for last. He created all that there was. And then he said, let us make man in our image. This week, for some reason, I decided to watch the movie God's Not Dead again. Great movie if you've never seen it. Just a, 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 an encouraging movie on the power of creation. Doesn't matter what somebody tries to convince you or tell you when you know it's not truth. God said, let there be, and there was. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God, and through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found. And, and without faith, verse 6, it says, it's impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, who hunger after him, who thirst after him. God is an amazing God, and he has enabled you and I to have faith and to take that grain of faith, that little mustard seed of faith, and begin to grow it in into being the full man or full woman of God, hear me, that he sees you become long before you see you become. Did you get that? God, see, so many of us, we're sitting here today and like, oh man, that last sin I committed. Man, God's so beyond that. You see, if we repent and confess, we're forgiven immediately we have the right and the ability to declare, therefore, there is no, now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ, who live by the Spirit, not after the flesh. Therefore, when I make a mistake, when I fail, when I commit a sin, if I'm quick to repent, God's quicker to forgive. And he's not seeing you as that bound up person that messed up again. He sees what he intends for you to become. If only you can see it. But you're never going to see it if all you ever get, hear me, is what you get on Sunday morning. I'm not that good of a preacher. I'm not that great of a pastor, and all eight of the pastors on this team together combined are not great enough to help you if this is all you get. See, we got we to get hungry for the things of God. So that we hunger and thirst for him. And, and in that hungering and thirsting, all of a sudden there's an imagination that begins to get stirred up in your heart. And you begin to imagine yourself to, to do something and to be something and to accomplish something that in the natural you have no ability to do. I prayed years ago and said, God, give me a vision so big that I can never accomplish it without you. Therefore, when it's accomplished, I'll never take the credit I'll never let somebody pat me on the back and say, "Woo, you're amazing. No, he's amazing. 
You see, the vision and the dreams and the imagination God gives you, he wants it to be to glorify him. It's going to benefit you. You see, when you walk in faith, something happens. Something happens. I said, something happens. When you begin to say, going to church once a week for an hour and 15 minutes. If pastor goes long, it's going to be an hour and a half. Lord, help us. I'm, 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 all, I'm already hungry just thinking about it, Lord. <laughs> to where we are hungry, so hungry, that the clock becomes non-existent. And sometimes even the hunger pain is just a, a temporary distraction. Why? Because you, you want the deeper things of God. Somebody was telling me before service that this week they took the time, that, uh, her and her kids, to pray and fast over me. And so when she first explained that, that they were going to fast, one of, the, one of the children said something like, oh my gosh, I hope it's more than just fruit. <laughs> and she said, well, we're, we're fasting for Pastor George. And then, then he goes, well, then, then it's okay then. Let, let, let's do this thing, you know, because all of a sudden he got a vision. Why? Because he loves his pastor. He wants to see his pastor whole. Man, do you know how humbling that is for me? To know that these little kids are standing in the gap for their pastor and saying, until pastor says we got a zero, we're not going to stop praying. Not going to stop believing. Not going to stop trusting. Children, and, and, and can I tell you something? God's not going to let the kids down. God's not going to let his children down. And there's something that's going to stir in the hearts of the little ones in this house. Because they have imagined and they are seeing that which is not yet present. Wow, that's good. Without faith, it's impossible. And without faith, you can't please God. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, you know what he did. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go. By faith, he went to live in the promised land. He was looking for a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even though she was an old woman. That's my summary version of that. <laughs> Therefore, from one man in him as good as dead. We're born descendants as many as the stars of the heavens and as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These, hear me, verse 13, all died in faith, not having yet received the things that were promised. But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Can I pause and tell you this for a moment? Your life is and should be shaped by your thoughts. Your imagination has the power to push you forward or to hold you back. Renew your mind with God thoughts and move forward in the plans that he has for your life. But you won't get there without a disciplined life in the word by the Spirit. You need the Spirit of God to reveal to you the Word as you begin to open it up. And you're hungrier for the Word. Hear, hear, hear me. Your thoughts will help you to get to a place where you hunger for the Word of God. 
Right now, some of you just hunger for more, more, more news. I got to have more news. I need more news. What are they doing? What, what's happening with the president? What's happening with the, the next president? What, what's going on? Is what they're saying right or wrong? You, you need to get hungry for the Word of God. Because whatever happens, whatever happens, it's going to happen. We as the church, we as believers, how will we respond when it does? As faith people, men and women of God, men and women that that are imagining and envisioning and seeing things that are greater than just the next four years. Now, they're important. Hear me. But whatever's happening is going to happen if you're watching it or not watching it. And if you're spending more time watching it than you are in hungering for the Word of God, when you get up and walk out of your house, you're not going to be a faith person. You're not going to be a person that, that's seeing and imagining the things of God. You're going to be moved by your thought life. So, will you bring every thought captive under obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? You can only do that if the Word is in you. It's got to be in you because if it's not... You're going to be conformed to the world instead of transformed from the world. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor. Amen. I'm going to preach to myself right now. Verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. I don't know about (laughs) y'all, but I'm looking forward to that city. I'm looking forward to that which we're going to spend eternity. We're just floating through this world. One day you're one, the next day you're 10, the next day you're 20, the next day you're 99 like my dad was, saying to me, son, stop praying, and I mean it, for me to be 100. He said, I'm 99 years and three months, and according to the Jewish calendar, I'm 100 years old. Because they take the nine months in conception, and, uh, and, and, and he literally, he said, I'm ready to go. He said, will you please stop praying for me? I said, Dad, if you're really serious. A week later, my dad closed his eyes, and a week later, he went to be with Jesus. Peaceful. You know why? Because he was longing for a city. I don't know about you, but 99 years is a long time. I mean, I got to live another 36. And I don't really think I want to. I just want to preach until the Lord's through with me, and then I want to go to heaven. In his timetable. Not the doctors. Not multiple myeloma. Not cancer. Not disease but God's timetable. Enoch walked with God and kept on walking. (laughs) I'm thinking, Lord, we have not because we ask not. When when you're through with me, take me home. I got to leave that alone. I'm I'm moving on. What verse was that on? Anybody know? (laughs) By 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. 
from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, did what he did. By faith, Moses, when he was born, you know what he did. And and when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Y'all got to go and read the rest of this stuff that I'm skipping. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses had an opportunity and he chose. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the danger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover, sprinkled the blood. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, you know, when I was in Bible college, my uh, youth ministry leader was named Pastor Dr. Larry Lee, and, and, and Larry had been um, come out of the Southern Baptist and had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, which got him in trouble in his denomination. And, uh, but he went on to Bible college and seminary and, uh, he was in a class and they were discussing how that, that the stories in the Bible were just stories. They didn't really happen. This is, these are men being trained to preach the gospel. And Larry shared with us how, how he sat and listened to this uh, professor talk about uh, when uh, Moses led the children of Israel through the dry land and then the, the Egyptians came along behind and were drowning. And, and the, the professor was saying, well, it really wasn't, the water wasn't that deep. And so the Israelites were able to just cross right on through. And, and Larry, finally, he raises his hand and he said, well, well, that's even a bigger miracle than what I believe. And the professor said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, if all the Egyptians were drowned in two, ounce, two inches of water, that's an amazing miracle right there. <laughs> but the word of God is true and it's accurate. And by faith, Moses did this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient. And what more, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jeph, Jeph, Jephthah, Jeph, 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 Jephthah. When Al's up here, he can cor- correct uh, me on that. But uh, man, why, they could have called him Johnny. Uh, David... <laughs> And Samuel and the prophets, listen to this, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mockings and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. Sorry, my scripture just went flying down. They were mistreated, of whom the world was not. Verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom the whole world was not worthy wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not 
be made perfect. Doesn't that just convict you a little bit about how the American church acts? Oh my gosh, somebody talked bad about me. They were stoned, cut in two, bodies ripped apart, hung on trees, upside down, burned. And yet they never wavered. They must have had an amazing imagination. They must have believed what they saw, even though it was not present. And all of those I just read about, those were pre-Jesus. All they had was the old covenant, the Torah, the Word of God. And yet they saw. And they would not waver in their faith because of the conviction of what they believed. What is your conviction today? What is our conviction today? When all hell comes against us, will we stand strong? Will will the testimony a hundred years from now be that we, the people of 2020, stood strong and in faith and were unshakable and we were not moved by anything that was tossed at us? Or will we crumble and live forever behind a mask? Will we be quieted, shut down? Will we rise back up as a church of faith? Believing that no matter what the enemy throws against us, greater is he that is in me, in us, than is against us. I believe we are living in days unlike any other. I hear it in what I read from amazing men of God all over this country and around the world. We are in a battle for our church. We're in a battle. And we will either be moved by the Word of God or we'll be moved by the WHO will be moved by every negative thing that the liberal media can throw at us to keep the church of Jesus Christ shut down. You know, in California, it's still illegal to go to church. They can get out on the streets by the tens of thousands and burn and tear down statues and destroy their own cities. But don't gather and worship God. At some point, and it's happening all over California, pastors are finally saying enough is enough. We're going back to the house of God. We're going to go back to the church. We're going to stand up and be strong. We're going to use wisdom. We're we're not going to be foolish. But we have a faith and a trust in an almighty, living, powerful God who does not fail. His word is forever strong. He's mighty. He's mighty. 
And the Word of God, if we can get it in, is as sharper than a two-edged sword that divides asunder between a lie and the truth. His Word is powerful, and it will change us. You see, we see through the 11th chapter of Hebrews all of these amazing patriarchs who are those that we look up to because they lived by faith, they saw by faith, they acted by faith, and they allowed their imaginations to see what was not yet present to enable them to follow the plans that Father God had for their lives. So in closing, I want to ask you, what is your imagination leading you to see with the kingdom of God in mind? Right here, right now, November the 22nd, 2020. What is the Word saying to you individually, to your family, to your wife, your husband, your children? What's it saying about them? What is God speaking to you in the quiet moments of your life that's causing you to, in the natural, tremble and shake, but in the spirit realm go, oh my gosh, something's about to happen. We're about to experience a breakthrough like we have never experienced in our lifetime ever. I want to go way beyond the Jesus movement of 1976. I want the fresh move of God to hit the nation like we have never experienced it before in our lifetimes. And it will not happen if we're only casual inquirers in the house of God. We got to be consumed with Him living our lives as though this is my last. God, what do you want to, how do you want to use me today to touch someone's life? What can you imagine? My gosh, some of you are a little bit older than I am, and all you can imagine is, is just retirement and the television, and that's it. Don't stop living. Hear me, don't stop living. I don't care how old you are, as long as you're breathing. You're here last week. You heard me talk to Mama Hyatt. Was it last week or the week before? And I rebuked her. She's an awesome woman of God. I rebuked her publicly. Why? Because she said to me publicly too many times, this is the last time I'm ever going to hug you. I'm going to go die this week. I said, no, you're not. You see, I said, Mama Hyatt, God raised you up, brought you here from Mississippi from Mississippi, from all places. God brought you from Mississippi to be my intercessor. I knew at 3.30 this morning, Mama Hyatt was praying for me. And her son's not far behind. He's about as peculiar as Mama Hyatt is. That's Pastor Ron I'm talking about. He's watching online right now. He texted me this morning, I mean, way before daybreak. He's on vacation. I'm like, Ron, sleep in, son. He can't. He's up just pacing the hotel room, trying not to wake Barbara up. <laughs> but hear me, don't stop living until the Lord says, come home. Don't stop living. Don't stop thinking, don't think that you don't have a purpose, a plan. God has something that you can do and someone that you can touch that in this whole entire world, you're the one God chose. Can you imagine if I ask you for a moment to close your eyes and just, just to meditate for a moment, could you imagine that God would use you maybe through a cup of coffee, 
buying somebody groceries, walking them out to their car, some act of kindness, God would use you to touch someone's life. Friday, I was leaving the church property and I saw a man sitting out on the back of the property in his car. He had a bicycle on the back, so I stopped. And uh, just to see if he was trying to find the old Rock Mountain Trails. We're still on the top 100 uh, list of mountain trails in America. And so oftentimes we have people come and they're looking for the trails. They don't exist any longer. And, uh, but he said, no, no. And he introduced himself. He, well, first of all, he said, well, pastor, how you doing? Brian, are you here? Let me see if you are. So, so this man asked me how I was doing like he knew me. And so I said, well, do you know me? And he said, yes, you're Pastor George. And I said, well, do I know you? And he said, well, it's my company that painted your whole building. And I said, oh, y'all are awesome, did a great job. Brian starts telling me his story. Him and his wife were part of the Hare Krishnas for years and years. Did the whole thing that you can imagine that they do. And he said, and every year they would go to, to neither Newberry High Springs or some kind of uh, strawberry festival. Anybody know about that? I don't know about that. But somewhere out there, there's a strawberry festival and then there's a watermelon festival. And they would go out there as their hair Christian group and chant and sing and give vegetarian meals away. And, and he said every year, twice a year, he would run into this Christian. And this Christian would just do everything he could to convert him to Christ. And he said, and I did everything I could to convert him to Hare Krishna. He said, that went on for years. And he told me a story that they're, they're, they had a grandchild that lived in a horrible situation. And his wife said to him, I'm going to pray to God, not Hare Krishna. And I'm going to ask God if he will give me the opportunity to get my grandchild I will raise that child in a Christian home. She's not saved, not a Christian. Less than one week later, the courts placed that child into their care. She went to church on Sunday, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and gave her heart to Jesus. He said, for two months, I watched my wife change. And finally, he said, I went to church with her. And he said, Jesus revealed his love to me. I said, do you know who that man was? He said, no, I don't know who he was. But you know what? God knows who he is. And one day that man's going to stand. Maybe they'll never see each other here on the earth again. But one day, I bet Jesus introduces O'Brien to the man that kept sharing the love of God. What can you imagine with your life that you could be the one that would touch the one that would be the next Billy Graham? Someone led Billy Graham to Christ. Do you know his name? I don't. I've heard the story. What can you imagine for your life for 2020? Don't keep imagining a bad marriage. Imagine a good marriage. Don't keep seeing yourself sick. I don't see myself sick. Every day I imagine I'm whole. I look in the mirror and say, I'm whole, I'm healed. 
I am the healed of the Lord. It doesn't matter what, what's going on. It doesn't matter even the, the, the report of the doctors. What matters is what does God's word have to say? God's word declares that Jesus died on the cross once and for all. And on the way to the cross, he took a whipping once so that by his stripes, we are healed. Therefore, no matter what you're going through, Katrina, you're the healed of the Lord, girl. You're the healed of the Lord. Doesn't matter what's going on, even what you feel. Because what's greater than what we feel is what God's word has to say. And you know what? I imagine myself whole, strong, full of life. As you're renewing your mind in the word, what is stirring inside of you to believe for? What do you see with your imagination? I want you to ponder that. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Jamie and the worship team are going to sing a song, and I want you to meditate on the words of this promise.
church and lift us up.
Father mine, we bless you. Would you mind being seated, please? And would you just bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment? First, I just want to say to the house, to the family. If you've been waiting on God to show up for you, The truth is God's actually been waiting on you. He has no obligation to casual inquirers, but to those who seek him diligently with their whole heart, they will find him and they will hear his voice and he will speak. And when he speaks, your life will forever be changed. Imagine yourself this week hearing fresh the voice of your Father. Imagine as you open up the Word this week and begin to pause long enough to say, Holy Spirit, I invite you today to speak to me through your Word. Imagine yourself hearing, reading something you've read a hundred times, but all of a sudden it comes to life because you begin to see yourself the way that the Father sees you. And He has such great things left for us to accomplish. When darkness gets darker, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine bright in this world. Will that light be shining through you or in spite of you? You choose, you determine. Father, help us to hunger like we've never hungered before. Help us. This week, many have a lot of time off this week. Let it be more than just about eating and drinking. Those things are important. Festivals are important, fellowship's important, but Father, there's nothing more important than us hearing your voice. Help us this week. Find a quiet place, a quiet time, quiet walk. Whatever we have to do to get along with you. Speak to us, I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, maybe you're watching online today. I can't see you, but God knows where you are, who you are, where you are. You're sitting in this congregation today. Someone brought you, invited you. You do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, you do not have any confidence in a relationship with God. Your denomination cannot save you. Only Jesus can save today. If Jesus is not Lord of your life and there's an emptiness and a void inside of you and there's something that you've been hungering for that you cannot fill with no matter what you put in your body, it will not satisfy the longing of your soul and your spirit. 
this morning before I dismiss you and let you get out of here. Today, the Lord has brought you to this place or you're watching online for such a time right now to hear how much God loves you that he gave his son Jesus to die for you in your sin before you were ever created. He knew you. He imagined you. He saw you. And today he's desiring. He's saying, son, daughter, child, I'm waiting. I'm knocking at your heart's door. All you have to do is invite me in. Your life will be forever eternally changed. I can't see you that are watching online this morning, listening by podcast, but if that's you today, when I lead in this simple prayer in just a moment, pray that prayer. You can text us, you can email us, you can call the church office, you can let somebody know what happened. But what's most important is that you invite Jesus into the center of your life. If you're in this congregation this morning, everybody's heads bowed, no one's looking around. But if that's you this morning, you'd like me to lead you in a very simple prayer. Would you just lift up your hand anywhere across this congregation? Let me see that and let me lead you this morning in a prayer before the Lord today because he loves you so much. I'm gonna ask all of you now to join with me and pray this very simple prayer. Father God, need Jesus today in my life. I confess my sin and acknowledge my need of a savior. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I receive you today. Choose to walk with you all the rest of the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand for just His goodness, His mercy, His word. Today, we bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.